If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Friday, you guys. So exciting. Hey, Claudia, how are you doing? Hello, Jacqueline. Happy 100% day and happy Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's a good day. It's a big day. It's Friday. It's New Music Friday. And that means my anthem, my pop song that is taking the music industry by storm is out on Spotify. You can buy it on iTunes, Apple Music. It's called 100% by Claudia Ashray. And we're wearing our 100% merch to celebrate the release of another toasty, life-changing anthem. We are so excited. So nice to have another song in the rotation. Yeah. And it really is bop season. I listened to it last night before I went to bed, and then I woke up with it in my head. Like, it really gets stuck in your head, this song. That's amazing, amazing to hear, because that was obviously the goal, like a song you just can't get away from. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Like, as much as I love Toast, like, I needed a new bop, especially for tour. So, like, if you're coming to shows this week, I'm going to be in D.C. and Philly at the end of next week. Like, Learn the song. We're going to jam out to it. It's going to become a big part of the show. So I'm just feeling very excited. Like, the reception has been really good. At first, people were saying they really, like, they were playing it, and their husbands were like, is that Miley Cyrus? Now, I know husbands, like, aren't, like, the most accurate reporters, but it was more than one person that said that. And now people are saying it's giving Taylor Swift during her message in a bottle era. So I just wanted to put that out there, because that's what people are saying, not even me. I... Okay, I mean, I, I, the Miley vibe for sure. I just know I feel alone in this empty house, but I'm okay because we've got power, sweet and sour. And also, I'm so glad you brought that up. A toast to us, the wild ones. I'm incapable of having a song come out that doesn't have the word toast in it. And I don't know about you, but I'm dancing with the boys and the girls. You yeah. know, I think we should talk about that Doing line what we do in, in my the world. Okay, tell me about it. Well, I love it because I'm always dancing with the boys and the girls, the gay boys and the girls. And when Ben heard that line, he was like, what? No, when I heard the boys and the girls, when I heard the line alone in this empty house, I'm like, where's Ben? And now it's like dancing with boys and the girls. Where's Ben? Oh, my God. You're (laughs) right. Well, whenever I like meet a new music producer and I used a new producer this time, he was like, tell me the vibe. Tell me like yeses and nos. I'm like, well, I'm a married woman. And a lot of songs are like, you know, going to the clubs, meeting a man. I'm like, we can't have any of that. Like, this is a GNO song because I'm just I'm married and like I'm boring. And so we have to get creative with the lyrics. It's a song about friendship is what you're saying. It's literally a song about friendship. I couldn't agree more. Okay, I think the world needs more songs about friendship, so check out 100% by Claudia Ashray, streaming now on Spotify. Anywhere you listen to music or where you listen to The Toast, you could probably find her.
And if you like are feeling so inspired by the song, go pick up some 100% merch available at shopmorningtoast.com. Jackie and I are both wearing the sweatshirt. There's matching pants that I'm going to put on later to film a TikTok with my new song because a major development after yesterday's episode, we reached out to the choreographer via the podcast. We're like, to whoever choreographed the old TikTok dance for toast, if you're still a toaster, which you're probably not, hit us up. And of course, she's still a toaster. I spoke to her last night. She lives so close to the spritz office that we messengered her some spritz she wanted to get it in the video she literally choreographed it posted it so fast it's up on her channel and she posted a tutorial because the dance is very complex and i'm gonna do i'm gonna spend the rest of the day learning it it's not gonna be easy for me i wish you sent it to me i haven't seen it yet oh she put it up this morning i'll send you everything okay i'm lucy jones i saw that she was found and that she was getting to work but i haven't seen the dance yet so i'm really excited to see what people bring to the dance I'm really nervous to do the dance because like I'm just not good at TikTok dancing and it actually might be that I'm just not a good dancer but that's a reality I'm not ready to accept I think you're you're fine at TikTok dancing like just have fun with it if you're having fun then what about regular dancing what do you what kind of dancer do you think I am I think you're a fine regular dancer too nothing to be embarrassed about but nothing to write home about either um no, but I don't think that you write home about it. Like, I think you just hit the dance floor. You have a good time. I think it's all all about, like, if you look like you're having a good time or you look like you're uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? That's true. That's actually incredibly true. So, no, don't sweat it. You're a great dancer. Okay. Like, that's why I look, I don't know if you noticed, like, extra beautiful today. Because I will be spending the rest of the day making TikToks. That is a fun way for you to spend your day. I know there's nothing else you'd rather be doing. Well, honestly, what I'd rather be doing is sitting down watching TikToks instead of making them, but it's okay. I don't make TikToks. I just watch them. Literally. <laughs> um, well, we've got a great show aside for the fact that it's Friday and there's just going to be great energy coming out of this episode because of the song. But also, I have some things to talk about in the TV recap because me and Ben started t- Ted Lasso. Okay. Well, how many yeah, episodes? Uh, four. But I got oh. like the gist of the show, right. you know? Y- you know what they're doing there. And I'm all caught up on Sex in the City. And, like, I just have to tell you what happened. Okay? But I'll do it in the okay. TV recap because there's spoilers and we'll just do it at the end of the show. Fine by me. Sounds good okay. to me. I How was the hobby going? The hobbies are going good. So I brought the uh, piano up last night. But now I just need to find an extension cord to plug it in where I want to play it. But my piano books arrived last night. So I haven't, like started practice yet practice starts today mm. and I'm really excited to see you know how it feels and if I'm any good and if it like occupies my time also I there's really there's an element of muscle memory there yeah but I also really needed the hobbies for the weekends like during the weekdays I'm actually really busy with toast stuff yeah. and it's not until like uh late afternoon that you know I'm technically free and that's when I also mm-hmm. get so tired that's not when I'm looking to play the piano so as we go into the weekend, it's going to be hobby-filled. I will keep everyone posted on all of the different things that I'm trying out. Hopefully Monday I'll have a hobby update and I'll let you know what's working and what's not working. And did all your shit arrive? Like your paint by the numbers? No, but I think it's coming like today. Okay, that's very exciting. You need like a, a hobby room because all these things take up a lot of space. Yes, well, if you've noticed, I moved out from my bedroom into my living room because I just thought the vibe was a little bit prettier out here and I'm hoping my connection is better because yesterday my video was so fucked and like my mouth didn't match up with my audio. audio. So I'm just trying new things and that frees up my bedroom. Now there's a piano in there. Like I'm not going to stream from the bedroom with the piano in the background. So the bedroom can become the hobby room. My dining table can become my office, and I'm just moving things around. 
Okay, well, whenever it is that you decide you're ready to get on the the track and remix 100% with the keyboard, Bruno and Theo on the triangles, you just let me know. Okay. It might be like an acoustic version. I, stripped, stripped down. back. I love yeah. that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love the idea. Okay, cool. Let's let everyone get into this one first, and then like in a few Fridays from now, we'll release the remix. Love that. Great. Stunning. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of like news stories closing up for the weekend. We're closing up shop. Yesterday, I watched the um, second part of Jamie Lynn on Call Her Daddy. So we'll be talking about that. That was only TV, technically, that I watched. And we're going to put this story to bed because it's time. It's time. I agree. Like, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. So I guess without further ado to do to do, are you ready? I'm ready. Without further ado, it is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Single Drunk Female. Samantha Fink is a person in progress, and being a person is hard. Single Drunk Female is the new Freeform original series now streaming on Hulu. It's from the executive producer of Girls and the executive producer of Russian Doll. Samantha used to get drunk all the time, but now she's getting clean, and that's going to get really messy. Fresh out of rehab, Samantha is forced to move back home and live with her mom, who she affectionately calls her smother. She works at a local grocery store, she takes naps in the cereal aisle, and is going to meetings. She's taking sobriety one day at a time, but the days just keep on coming. With her former drinking buddy and newly found friends of the program by her side, Sam is trying to make the most of her second chance, a chance to start over, a chance to be a slightly better person, a chance at love. When When you start at rock bottom, the only way to go is up. Check out the new dramedy that is sure to make you laugh, even if it's sometimes it's just to keep you from crying. Freeform's Single Drunk Female is streaming now on Hulu. I caught the first episode last night. It was very good. I'd it be getting TikTok like ads for it. Such a great show. Yeah, it was really, it's really funny and like, um, it's clever, but it's like uh, gen- nice and genuine too. Love that. It has heart. It's got heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, our first story, speaking of heart, some unexpected celebrity relationship news that I think we have no choice but to ship. Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader have been quietly dating for a year. I think we do have a choice. Oh, you think we have choices? Okay, interesting. Yeah. A source told People on Thursday that the two have been dating. The insider said Anna has been dating Bill quietly for over a year. They met years ago. She's hosted Saturday Night Live, and they've done a movie together, but they got together well after the movie, the movie being Noel, that Disney Plus Christmas movie. The wow. source said they are both very private people, and with the pandemic, it was easy to keep it quiet. They're both hysterical, so they must keep each other laughing all the time. She's really, really happy. Yeah, Bill Hader is hilarious and hysterical, for sure. Yeah, and you're so you're not a fan of Anna Kendrick is what you're trying to not say. Well, I'm definitely not a fan of Anna Kendrick, but that doesn't mean I don't want her to be happy. And I do think that relationships that get like kept private for so long, this is like a, definitely a real They've got a real shot in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is tough these days. I just don't see the match. Like for me, Bill Hader became a catch after the movie Trainwreck. Like what that movie oh my did God. for his no, like he is the most eligible man in the world after Handsome. Trainwreck. He's a doctor. Yeah, and I feel like not a lot of people saw him like that until that movie. Yeah, I know I didn't. I didn't really think about no. him that much. I this story to me like if you told me yesterday like Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick are dating and and I already and you're telling me trying to convince me that I already knew that like I would believe you this is just like two people oh really yeah like I just when I read it I was like oh well that makes sense like it almost just sounds so familiar like yeah duh they should date 
that's interesting. I didn't have the same experience. I'm like, what the fuck? How random. Oh, that's so funny. I felt the complete opposite. Like, how apt. That's what I felt. It was apt. Oh, no. No. Anna Kendrick is just one of those girlies who, like, gets on my nerves. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, But, again, that doesn't mean I don't want her to be happy and find love. So, if this is it, that's wonderful. I was just, like, really surprised. Remember when Bill Hader was dating Rachel Bilson? See, for me, that was the feeling that you got. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. No, for me, they're two different worlds. Summer Roberts, Doctor from Trainwreck. they are two different worlds. For this couple, to me, is, like, two people from the same planet of two. No, I'm not seeing it that way. But I do think that they have a lot of potential. And I love that they've been together for so long and nobody knew it because that means, like, there's something real there. Oh, yeah. And at this point, like, they've been dating for a year. They're extremely serious. It's not – it's actually nice to hear about it. It's nice to hear about it one year later and it's not like we have to walk on eggshells. Like, this is a real relationship and we can either celebrate and ship or, you know, opt out. Yeah, it's nice to not deal with, like, they were spotted. Are they? Are they? Are they just friends? Are they working on a business project? Like, no, they are they might get engaged soon. Like, they've been together for a year. Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder why now, like, this source came forward to tell People Magazine. I feel like that was endorsed by the couple. Like, I just wonder why, they, why now, why this source? Announcement, yeah. I really, um, when I read the statement, it really made it seem like it was um, written by someone who – works with Anna yeah no I feel like it was definitely like endorsed by the couple they were like we're ready to tell people just like go and tell people magazine or whatever um yeah I w- we also could have gotten like pictures of them actually if we just got pictures of them like kissing at a farmer's market or something we would have thought it was like their first date yeah right we wouldn't have known that it's been going on for months yeah so I guess like they're just giving us all of the information all of- at once and I do appreciate that it's funny that we're having so like two totally different reactions. I would love to hear what other people think. Like, were you like, oh yeah, or were you like, what? Oh my god, I can't even imagine being like what. But let us know. I please. can't even imagine being like, oh duh, no duh, no. I don't see it like that at all. That's so crazy because we always have like the same. Yeah, that's life really funny. Are you ready for our next story, which is some really crazy news? Before we do, I feel like we should mention that yesterday we recorded, I think, one of our best podcast episodes for the Patreon channel yet. Yes, we did. It was called Toasters with a Secret, and it's in the vein of Claudia's former Instagram account, Girl with a Secret, where people just anonymously submitted some of their deepest, darker secrets. It's completely anonymous. We don't even know who they're from. And I 100% anonymous. 100% uh, anonymous. anonymous. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> um, and people just really unburdened themselves. We shared the secrets. We absorbed them. We reacted to them. We tried not to give advice because it wasn't like you were looking for advice. These are secrets from like some people. And we tried not to judge. From like 15 years ago. But it was just like so entertaining. People loved the episode. We're definitely going to do a part two because we still have so many more secrets. And they're still coming in. And Jackie, literally when I opened up my computer today to record the podcast, the last thing we had done was the Patreon, the Google form is up on my computer. There was over 100 new entries. Oh my God. Okay. So we're definitely going to do more. It's a great time to become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash the morning toast. That episode was really, really fun to record. And also I thought you were going to say this, but I do need to clarify something from yesterday's episode. Yes, you do. Okay. With Harry and Megan. So much stuff. First of all, I had said I misspoke yesterday because I misunderstood. They were offering to pay for their security in the UK. The problem is, so 
it has to do with like gun laws in the UK and who can be armed and pretty much like only the highest, highest level. Most police officers aren't even armed. It's not like it is here. So they wanted to pay for armed police protection and the government said, this isn't a service that you can just pay for. No one can. You can't. They were offering to pay. Them. They were offering to pay, but, like, these police officers aren't for hire, you know? Yeah. It's like trying to get, like, buy police protection. That you, That's just not something that you can do, even though that's what they wanted to do. I was but reading, But in like, America, you can have, like, armed security guards. Right, right. And also, so they could bring their own security from America, but then those American security agents aren't going to get access to the UK intelligence and work with the police in the UK because it's like a foreign foreign body and they're not going to share intel with them. So it's a lot more complex than like even, you know, like page six is is citing. And it's I think it's really confusing, especially for Americans, because we're like, why can't you have armed security? Like every celebrity here has armed security. So I was actually reading these Instagram stories by uh, this... uh, account called the royal watcher she has a highlight called security and it's all about this and and what's actually going on i found it to be really interesting but i just wanted to clear up they were willing to pay they weren't expecting taxpayers to pay for it but it's just not something that you can pay for they're these aren't for hire they're you know government officials right but we did like totally misrepresent the story by accident and it happens to the best of us like we cannot be everything to everyone all the time it was an accident i take no no i take full responsibility but then so we we got it wrong and then I was reading what other people were sending me and then I read even more and I realized what the news articles are saying are also misrepresenting the situation. Okay. So there's there's just like so much more to this story and it just has to do with like what we expect here versus what goes on over there. It's a cultural difference. It's a cultural difference. Like I think a lot of these things are when we all talk about like when Americans and the people in the UK just like talk about the royals and like what's expected. We don't even have fucking royals. Like who are we going to say? No. And like we're more obsessed with the royals in America than the people in like Britain are. No, and we're not. We're, no I'm telling you we are. Who? Me and you? Or the, yeah. this country? Us. Oh, we're so obsessed. Oh, but, we know nothing. And yeah. No, but they're so obsessed over there too. And as Americans, like we just don't, we all don't understand a lot. The nuances. Yeah. So just i need to clear that up we just are a bunch of monarchists we're royalists sure because like it's a not like yes they have a monarch over there but it's not like their countries it's a, they're not like ruled by they're them. not like ruled by the queen she doesn't have that much power. she has no power yeah yeah she's just a queen you love to literally see are you ready for our next story mm-hmm. now i do feel ready i wasn't ready before Adele tears up while announcing her Las Vegas residency is being postponed. This was really crazy. Adele posted a video last night profusely apologizing for postponing her weekends with Adele residency at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, which was scheduled to begin today. So she took to Twitter and said, hi, listen, I'm so sorry, but my show ain't ready. We've tried absolutely everything that we can to put it together in time and for it to be good enough for you, but we've been absolutely destroyed by delivery delays and COVID. Half my crew, half my team is down with COVID. They still are, and it's been impossible to finish the show. I can't give you what I have right now, and I'm gutted. I'm gutted, and I'm sorry it's so last minute. So the show was supposed to be today. People, I heard... Oh, obviously already bought their tickets to get there. People were on the plane. People, People are, are in the hotel rooms. Yeah. And it's canceled. So I heard two things. Okay. The first thing I heard is that she 
saw that 100% was coming out and felt extremely threatened and just didn't she could feel like the new era of my music kind of taking over the music industry and she just didn't want to compete against that because like you know she's she's tired you know she's been through a lot and she's just not in the mood to put up another fight with an iconic pop star and that was kind of the reason behind like the, the catalyst that got her to um to cancel the shows that's what I heard and what was the second thing that you heard well the second thing I read on Dumas was that like Yes, what Adele said is true. Like, there have been delays because of COVID and people are getting COVID. But it was, like, a creative thing. Like, she's worked like, worked on the show. Like, if she, wanted, if, if she wanted to put together a show and perform tonight, like, she could have. It wasn't like there wasn't one dancer in Las Vegas who couldn't make it. It was possible. She just, like, wasn't super happy with it. And, like, I get, I get wanting perfection for yourself 100%. But, like, it seems, and don't come for me, like, it seems incredibly selfish when, like, the first row of your show was going for $40,000 a seat. Like, that's what it was. And I was actually talking to two people who work in Las Vegas in the entertainment industry. And they were, like, and they're, like, high up. They're, like, we cannot get tickets. Like, when I tell you, like, every seat, no one paid less than $1,000 for the worst seat in the house. Like, and these are Adele's, like, tried and true fans. And honestly, it was just, like, a, I think she could have handled it way better. Well, of course, everything's being postponed. Um, sh- there are refunds, but that is but crazy. But you can't get a refund for your airplane. No, you can't. You can't get a refund for your time and, you know, you, the, your PTO. The nanny. Yeah. The PTO. But here's the thing. I feel so many ways about this. One, like, I, I know that Adele feels all of these things and evaluated all of those things before she made her decision. But it's hard not to think, and I know I'm simple being simplistic and there's so much more that goes into it but like Adele is one of the few singers who could just get up there with a microphone an instrumental version of her song at and give us a show an amazing show like it's not as if she's someone who needs all of these sets and all this production what she needs is musicians but you know there are musicians out there and even if the first show wasn't going to be creatively what she wanted which I understand that it it wasn't going to happen whether say like 25% of the musicians are out we saw that special on Oprah like she has a full orchestra band like that's a lot of people that need to Mm -hmm. stay healthy and be able to perform with you but I feel like And obviously she weighed all of these things before she made this decision. I don't think anybody is feeling this burden more than her. But it could have been done. It wouldn't have been the A-plus thing that she wanted, but would it have been better to do... The show is her voice. Would it have been better to do, like, a B-minus show? She's incapable of putting on a B-minus show, like, for real. And you know what? You know Katy Perry launched her... Vegas residency two weeks ago and I've seen videos of it she has the crazy because it's so Katie craziest lights craziest dancers craziest costume she has an enormous toilet like it's above and beyond it's fucking crazy and everyone's like it's camp but it's crazy okay so if she's able to do that in COVID times in Las Vegas like I do think they could have gotten themselves a very good show and I just think if she wanted to have canceled it because it wasn't working out creatively the last possible time she could have done that was a week ago yeah and but I'm sure a week ago she was like no we're gonna figure it out and we're gonna do this and I'm Adele and I can sing and something made it so that like they actually can't do it and I'm I it just feels like silly to even be like but you could have tried it could have been okay because I'm sure she tried everything it's just really crazy that like there how bad could it have been right for her to have canceled it's just uh, the part that like bothered me when I heard it was like I was seeing people on TikTok like literally getting the Twitter notification from Adele like as they're in the cab from the airport. You yeah, know, like people got it on the plane. 
it's just it's not fair to play like people spend their hard earned money on shows and and these artists mean like if you're going to spend a lot of money on an artist like it's because that artist means a lot to you like their music means a lot to you and I know she knows all of this and I'm not saying I'm mad at Adele but like this is a situation that can and should have been handled very differently but you don't think she like she feels all of those things so that's why I'm just like she knows all of this and she also knows that like she can do a show like she could just get up there and do anything yeah so I think this decision clearly weighed very heavily on her. She's very emotional in the video. In the video. And I'm just, I would have, I need to understand even more. Like, how many people were you were you supposed to have on stage with you? How many are out with COVID? What didn't show up? Like, because I just don't, I feel like she still could have done it. But she obviously couldn't because she can't. Because she's not. Agreed. Agreed to ex- everything you just said. Yeah. So anyone who's in Las Vegas for Adele, um, there's a lot Go of other Katy Perry. There's fun stuff to do there. You know, have a great time for those of us who aren't there because it's just the yeah, greatest city in the world. There are worse places to be like stranded. It's the greatest city in the world. I think people are like it's New one York, Paris, London, Milan. Las Vegas. Because you know what? You got Paris and Vegas. You got <laughs> you New, New York, York and Vegas. <laughs> you got it all. No, it's I'd a lo- multicultural, bustling metropolis of city life it's amazing it's an amazing place and speaking of oh my gosh same speaking of amazing our next story just warms the cockles of my heart are you ready is it the story that warms the cockle of your hearts that's brought to you by legacy box perchance because legacy box also warms the cockles of my heart yes exactly so what's your new year's resolution if you're like most there's a box of your family's treasured home movies and photos tucked inside a closet that you've been meaning to preserve but you weren't sure where to start Legacy Box makes checking this off your to-do list super easy. Simply send your Legacy Box filled with old home movies and photos, and you'll get back digital copies that can be easily enjoyed, shared, and organized. It's like magic. So this is something I think every single person who grew up in the 90s or 80s or early 2000s can relate to, like these boxes of videos that you're just dying to see, but how the hell do you get a cassette tape to play on your phone? Well, here's how. (laughs) Legacy Box's team of 200 trained technicians will process 19 19 different media types from a VHS to a Super 8, film by hand, and they'll do it right here in the USA. It's so easy. You sign up for Legacy Box, they'll send you the box, put all your crap in it, send it to them, and you'll get back a digitized copy and the original copies of all your home movies and photos so you can get it on a thumb drive, the cloud. It's so easy and they update you along the way so you know all of your family's memories are being preserved safely. They have an online tracking system so you get up to 12 emails updated along the process so you always know where you're at. Each purchase includes access to a special concierge available seven days a week to answer all of your Legacy Box questions. So kick off the new year by rescuing your family's most cherished memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash toast to take advantage of an exclusive discount for, for you guys. That's LegacyBox, L-E-G-A-C-Y, Box.com slash toast. Seriously, just do it already. And you know what? Your grandma, your mom, like, it's the best gift you can give them. They will literally sob. If you want to be the favorite child or grandchild... You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, our story is Luke Combs and his wife, Nicole, are expecting their first baby together. They say this may be the best year yet. So both Luke and Nicole shared the exciting news in an Instagram post last night captioning the sweet collection of snaps of them in their sonogram saying, here we go, y'all. Lil Dude Dude Combs is coming this spring. Couldn't be more excited to start a family with this babe. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Okay. First of all, those photos they took on the beach, 
I've never seen like besides for you, obviously, like pregnancy, okay. pregnancy glow. Like she looked so different, like so angelic, and like it was like honestly, perhaps aside from yours, the most like glowing <laughs> announcement. Like it was just really shocking. She looked like a like she was born for this. Like she looked amazing, and I can't help but think like. We're going to get, like, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder level type of music about childbirth, about motherhood, about being a dad. Like, I cannot wait. No, I'm so excited. Um, My pregnancy announcement photos were taken on self-timer in my living room, so it's totally (laughs) fine. It's totally with, like, a a tripod. So it's fine. You Um, never know. Oh, thank you. No, these photos were so stunning. I just – I was – it's so crazy, like, so. it's so funny, like, which announcements, like, just really, like, hit home. And maybe it's because I'm, like, eight and a half months pregnant and I just, like, love Luke and Nico so much. It's just, like, really, it made me, like, emotional. I'm so excited for them. It's not just them. you. It's not just you. And it's, like, I really feel so blessed to, you know, with my fellow, like, pregnancy, pregnant ladies right now, like, especially the people that I follow. And what's also crazy is so many of the people that, like, I'm pregnant with in the last six months um, have given birth already. So now... Gates. Right, Raven, like, Chelsea Curtis, Emily Donato, like, everyone's sort of cycling out. And so to have Nico, like, on the rest of this journey with me, like, I really, I'm feeling really good. Like, it's me, Nico, Kylie, Morgan Stewart. What a crew. So we saw Nico like a month ago. You did. And, you know, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, and you, me and Margot. And she like wasn't drinking. But you know me, I was like not even noticing because like I was so drunk. And then when she posted her announcement, Margot obviously texted me within five seconds of it going up and was like, this is why Nico wasn't drinking. And I'm like, oh, like it all made sense. I didn't I'm, even like, realize you saw her. Yeah. Pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even know. Didn't even know. And then when I texted her. I was like, oh, my God, congrats. She was like, it was so hard not to drink with you guys. Like, queen. Oh, my God, that is so cute. I'm so happy for them. Like, it's just Me too. It's beautiful. The miracle of life, you know? And it's like, they're just so perfect. Like, I can't. Like, I've never in my life felt so connected to an Instagram post that, like, had nothing to do with me, you know? <laughs> no, I, I feel similarly. You know, I'm like, I'm like, how do I make this about me? Like, this is me. This is my life. Like, get me in that photo. Like, what I would have done to been, like, the photographer? Yeah, yeah. So special. It was really special. And I was just, like, really feeling um, the emotions. And I'm just... I'm so happy for them. Like... Truly. Truly, truly. Talk about, like, just two people who deserve happiness. And they're getting it with their little baby. I think they said it was a boy, right? Yeah, a boy. Which, like, I love oh a gender... Of, an outright gender reveal. Me too. Like, no drama, just gender. No drama, just gender. Like, information at our fingertips. So, I, and I can't wait to see the pregnancy content. Like, it's just going to be too good. The songs, the Instagrams, like, we're about to go on the best nine months of our lives. Yeah, well, I think it's like, they said spring 2022, so I think it's probably like six more months. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready for our next story? No, I just want to, like, literally keep talking about these two. I know, and these are the next stories, too, that you don't want to keep talking about. Cause Is it J- Brittany and Jamie? It's Brittany and Jamie Lynn. Part two of Call Her Daddy came out last night. So it was, like, the second half of the interview that they filmed uh, over a week ago, and then there was also a follow-up Zoom because of all the news that made news in the time since they filmed. Wow, good for Alex, like, not letting the podcast go stale. Yes. Okay, so honestly, I don't know if it's me or if it was the episode, but, like, 
I barely absorbed anything because Jamie Lynn has officially fatigued me on this 100%. story. So she talks about the ways that she tried to like free herself from the Britney conservatorship over the last free sorry free Britney from the conservatorship over the last 13 years she cites like a time that they were in Hawaii and Britney was confiding in her and Jamie Lynn told her to like move out of California for six months and then the conservatorship would be dissolved which just seems like a really simplistic like oh that's the solution this whole time she could have done that the whole time right so it was just a lot of stuff like that how Jamie Lynn like spoke up to lawyers and then like Jamie Lynn got in trouble and um but it was it was all like so vague and then she provides like all of these text messages which even though she was reading like I just couldn't absorb or Mm -hmm. or like I don't know what they said I watched the whole thing I don't know what they said I don't know what she said but this has been a, a brilliant PR move because I no longer care care no I actually think this has been a brilliant PR move on Jamie Lynn's behalf because I think, obviously, the goal of this these interview series and this book, which no one was going to give the book the time of day, but I think a lot of people are, are, like, turning for Jamie, like, from the podcast, or at least understanding her. Personally, I am not. Like, here, like for the most part, you either believe Jamie or stand with Britney. Like, you really can't do both. And I just stand with Britney. And, like, so that's why, that's why I've been fatigued by this story. Like, even if Jamie is telling the truth and everything, like, I don't care. Like, I stand with Britney. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it couldn't, doing these episodes, I don't think hurt her at all, because anytime, like, you hear someone's story, you hear, like, the frog in their throat as they're talking about, like, getting DMs and, you know, being scared and all these things, like, it it just humanizes a person, and you do realize, like, the whole world, it's like, agreed. it's been this free Britney movement for so long, and now all of a sudden that means, like, we have to drag Jamie Lynn through the streets, like, why can't we free Britney and also just go back to, like, however we felt about Jamie Lynn before that you know like there's so many more like nefarious actors in the free Britney like yes world you know um obviously her parents and Mm -hmm. Lou Lou Taylor right and so I just I really feel like this is and I felt this way from the first episode is like Jamie Lynn is kind of like irrelevant to the story like and but now somehow and so, she's become like the face of the villain. Right. But I just feel like when it all started, like she's just not germane to the way that it all unfolded. I don't think anything she could have done along the way might have helped people. She was vehement that she has not benefited or participated in the conservatorship at all. She said, because remember how we had said and re- we had read that like she was getting paid from she was like another person yeah. on the payroll of the conservatorship. She said like yeah, she her had, name is in those documents many times. She said she has nothing to do with the conservatorship. The only time her name is in the documents is because at one point Brittany asked her to be a trustee on a trust for Brittany's boys. For the kids. If anything were to happen to Brittany and Jamie Lynn like said that she would, but then and so because Brittany like th- that was going to happen, that had to be uh shown to the court anytime Brittany makes any sort of moves or decision or does anything it all goes into the court so the court had on file that Jamie Lynn is going to be a trustee on this account then Jamie Lynn didn't like ever do the bare minimum of becoming a trustee she said she just like didn't want to do it which I thought was interesting like why not kind of fucked up yeah and so then and then the court documents say that Jamie Lynn is not a trustee because she didn't do what she needed to do. So she says that's the only time her name appears in these things. And it has to do with a trust that has nothing to do with the conservatorship. Just the kids. Just like an aside. Anybody could any human being could set up a trust for their kids and and then say, hey, can you be a trustee? 
Got it. Okay. It's not like she I was mean, a trustee on the conservatorship, which I think people like had read it that way. But again, I don't fucking know. No, and this is the thing. Like everyone's just saying conflicting things, and there's legal documents that support what everyone says. And like, I just don't. I'm just fatigued. Like, I just want Brittany to have peace. And I just think that the concept of her sister writing this book, when like the whole concept of her book, and I've said this earlier in the week, is like, you know, my life was never about me. I was always living in the sister, the shadow of my sister. And I went through this, you know, teenage pregnancy. And like, it was still always about Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. And then it's like she writes this book and the timing is so bad because the book, even though it mentions Brittany quite a bit, is not really supposed to be about Brittany. It's supposed to be about like Jamie. But even now, it's like the book is about Britney. The press is about Britney. And I don't know if that she's doing that intentionally or that's just because your sister is the biggest pop star in the world and is currently going through one of the biggest national news stories of all time. But it's like enough. Like just let Britney have the moment. Yeah. And and let Britney find peace. And in the second part, especially when they got on Zoom and Jamie Lynn was like sharing text messages between her and Britney, like that were meant to exonerate her. But I have to be honest, like I just – I don't know if I have pregnancy brain. I I couldn't even tell you what they said. It was like a lot of word salads, you know? I think that there's a special place. No, I don't want to say that, actually. I just really do not like when people share private messages publicly. Yeah, especially with your family members. Family. Like, that's, like, disgraceful, in my opinion. So... But I just think as a society, like, the discourse we're having around Jamie Lynn, like, we can keep it healthy, but so many people are coming for her looks, and that's just fucking mean, and I don't think we should do that. Like, oh, where do you nothing see... to do with it. Where do you see stuff like that? All over TikTok and, oh. like, Twitter. People just, like, making comments, and it's like, leave her alone, okay? Like, that's not what this is about. Yeah, that's unnecessary. I am... I'm glad to say that I don't even, like, see stuff like that. I only see Good. what, like, the Toast After Dark thinks about things. That's my Twitter. Same. And they're brutal. <laughs> Okay, well, I really hope we can put this story to bed. And barring anything actually consequential happening, no more back and forth Instagram captions. Like, it's a little China for the time being. I agree. Even then, that's not too, because I got some flack earlier in the week for being like, I'm over these two. That doesn't mean I don't want Brittany to have her freedom and her happiness. I'm just personally, like, fatigued by sisters fighting and, like, like Instagram notes apps back and forth. That's and it. things changing Brittany, every single so. day and, like, one day calling someone scum and the other saying, like, I love you, you're my sister. Like, I just, I, I don't have the energy. Right. Like, it's whiplash. I have a hobby for you, Jackie. Have you heard of Wordle? People were suggesting it, but I don't know what it okay, is. Okay, so I start. It was my first day. It was my first day yesterday. It's like a. It's a website you go to on your phone, just like Google Wordle. Okay, and it's a puzzle that comes out every single day. Everyone has gets the same puzzle, and you have to figure out. It's like a word jumble. You're very smart and like good with words. I think you'll like it. It's actually it's very challenging. Like I did the, my first one yesterday, and I got it right, but it took me like 15 minutes. Like it's not just like a game you play. It takes time to like sit and think it through I, I can't really explain the rules but when you open the website like they'll just explain it to you there's just a five letter word that you have to guess but they give you no clues that's pretty cool and then what happens if yeah. you like win? is it like hq where you're competing with like on a leaderboard or it's just for personal enjoyment that's an interesting call i'm sure they're i mean i'm not involved with the leaderboard because i just got involved yesterday and i did mine today and like i'm actually kind of good at it i also um, i heard about what fun. you did I know. Don't bring it up. Okay, I got literally canceled on the internet yesterday, like right before my song came out. And like, I didn't need that type of bad press. All press is good press when you have a song coming out. So I didn't realize that like one word comes out every day and everyone gets the same word. So at 7 p.m., I was like, 
I did it. I got it on the fourth try, or, and you only get like six. So I screenshotted it. I was like, yes, I got the word. And people, and I left my phone. I think I went to like walk Theo. Like I left my phone for longer <laughs> than usual. Because, you know, I'm on my phone every minute. Yeah. But I think I maybe like made a, like a snack or something. I come back. My phone is being lit up. Like, you spoiled it. And I'm like, what? Everyone gets the same word? That's so stupid. I didn't know that. So, oh, my God. There's like a special way to share your score. I learned it all now. But, oh, my God, people are fucking brutal. The, the Wordle community is cutthroat. Damn. Well, now you know. And now you know if you start playing. I'll or check if it out. listening doesn't yeah. know what Wordle is. Yeah, I will check it out. But are you have ready? You also, oh, no, you're not ready. Have you heard of West Elm Caleb? I've heard those three words together. I've heard I, I've heard a little bit, but I don't know anything. It's just a guy who was, da- was like dating all the girls in New York City. I have, like, an extremely hot take on it. Can you tell us what it is first for those of us who are grannies? So a couple girls on TikTok, like, put together that they all in the last couple years, or even, like, the last year, had had similar interactions on this dating app with a guy named Caleb who works at West Elm. And he's basically just a fuckboy. Like, he'll, you know, he, he, he'll see multiple people at the same time. He's not committing any crimes, I don't think. But he's... Just like an ass, like a classic douchebag fuckboy. Like, so what? He's on a dating app and he goes on a lot of dates. He goes on a lot of dates, dates multiple women at the same time. I think he says a lot of the same things to the women. Like, douchebag, just classic douchebag behavior. Okay, but it like became this big thing because everyone put together on TikTok that like they were all talking to the same guy, and they only things they really knew about him was that his name was Caleb and he worked at West Elm. So now he's been going around the internet as West Elm Caleb. And it's become this enormous, enormous story. Like he is getting annihilated. Like he had to delete his LinkedIn. People are flooding the West Elm Instagram being like, fuck Caleb, West Elm Caleb sucks. And everyone's like living for it. And like, I get it. It's fun to like hop on a trend and talk about and like be viral. But, but the but, way that I understand, and perhaps I'm missing some information, the man has not committed any crimes. Like, being an asshole is not a crime. No, but, but from what so, you're describing, I, don't, I still don't understand how he's an asshole. Like, do, how many people are on dating apps? The point of dating apps is to go on dates. There are only so many words in the English language. Like, if you, like, anyone who's, like, on a dating app, you say, like, the same, like, pick up, like, hey, you, like, shit like that, like... To this, uh, to all the people that you're trying to go out with, like unless it's a, a if, unless someone could give me a number that would be like extreme, like a serial dater. I that's what a dating app is. You, uh, right. like, hopefully, if things go well, like you talk to people and you go on many dates. So 100. percent And so everyone's like kind of coming on this train, like West Ham Caleb. Like all these brands are like making jokes on their brand social media, like Ruggable. You know the company that makes those washable rugs. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, none of these rugs from Ruggable were designed by West Elm Caleb. So it's like this man who's like a private citizen and whose only crime is like being, you know, a fuckboy, which is not a crime, is getting like his life ruined, like doxxed. And like to me, and everyone's like, it's like all fun and games. And I'm like, what's wrong with everyone? Like, this is bad. Like, this is not what the Internet is supposed to do. It's just like, in my opinion, and I think that this is an extremely hot take because most people are having a lot of fun ganging up on this man. I think it's, like, the worst thing, like, you could do. This is a private citizen. He wasn't posting on TikTok. He was on a private dating app. And they all just, like, put it together and used his pictures and talked about where he worked. Like, yeah. is he getting fired? Yeah. That doesn't sit right with me. But I don't know the details of, of this nefarious behavior of his beyond going on a lot of dates and just, like, As far as I know, it's nothing nefarious, like, 
criminal. It's just like being a dick. He's mean to the girls? No, like, um, not mean, but not nice. Like, classic man behavior. Like, rude. Like, manly. Bad at dating. Like, bad. Okay. Send me more stuff. I will. But still. Like- and also, let us know what you think. Like, I, I might be missing some information because I'm going you know 27 going on 28 but i'm pretty sure i have like a good grip on the situation i feel like you would have a good grip on the situation you're very much kept abreast there's nothing that happens on tiktok that you don't see amen 100%. now 100 percent for our fifth and final story we are completely switching gears like 180 degrees hmm. from west elm caleb to a little titanic news that i found really interesting <laughs> and now you're all gonna have to hear it so I don't know if you know this, but... You love a Titanic update. I love a Titanic update. It's been over 100 years, and, like, there's still updates, which is just incredible. There's a new book coming out about the Titanic, and I don't know if you know this about the Titanic, but the night that the Titanic sank, there was a boat nearby-ish who, like, the Titanic hit the iceberg at 11.30 p.m. I just don't feel like you're, like, paying attention to this important, to these I was actually just looking up West Elm Caleb because I didn't want to misspeak. And I'm reading this BuzzFeed article, which is a highly unreliable source because they've written lies about many people. But what they said, it turns out that several women had similar experience with the West Elm furniture designer. He had ghosted them after a few dates or texts and did some classic fuckboy moves. That's it. Okay, yeah, no, everyone's insane. The night the Titanic sank, there was a ship not far away called the SS Californian, but the the Titanic hit the iceberg at 11.30 p.m., and the captain of the other boat turned off his radar and, and went to sleep and missed all of the distress signals from the Titanic. And for a very long time, like, this captain, this man, like, it was, it has been said that, like, if he, you know, left it on or had someone manning the channels that they would have heard these calls they would have went over to the titanic and they could have saved people who were drowning who were freezing helped people it helped people and etc now there's a new book saying that the sailor on the nearby ship who dozed through the titanic distress calls did not cost any lives the new historian is overturning history's damning 110 year old verdict so if only this man was alive to like be exonerated to have his name cleared when i read this book about the titanic um over imagine the summer the guilt. imagine there were a lot of people who lived with titanic guilt um anyone any man who survived the titanic like was shamed for really like the rest of their lives because it was like meant for like women and children to get in those boats and if any women and children right, died right, then right. and a man lived it was like why were you on in that spot and it's and it's like if they got, got went shook. yeah if they went from the Titanic straight into a lifeboat like oh my god canceled if they went down with of the sh- if they went down with the ship they got in the water and then were pulled into a lifeboat hero but there was like one god. captain of the Titanic not that he wasn't the main guy but he was pretty high up who survived and like for the rest of his life he was just like you know in this cloud of shame Shady. that you know he should have gone down with the ship. Which is just how we'll go down with this ship. So there's a lot of Titanic shaming going on. Um, but Cyril mm-hmm. Evans, who manned the telegraph equipment on the SS Californian, apparently could not have saved any victims of the sinking. Expert analysis has concluded. Uh, they have decided that if even if they had heard it and they went over, it still would have been too long. People would have already froze to death and drowned and it wouldn't have made any difference. Okay. I mean, a little too late, Cyril, but... 
I don't I don't know. I mean I that man must have lived like the worst life ever after the Titanic. Like the guilt, the shame from everyone, like he just wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that after this, like then it became like maritime law that you couldn't turn off your There should radar. always be someone alerting, like monitoring in the high seas at, at all times. Yeah, but at the time it was it was pretty common to t- to turn off to go to bed. Like that wasn't crazy, but apparently like their ship was also yeah. surrounded by ice. It would have taken them so long to navigate through all of it and get over to the Titanic and it probably wouldn't have made any difference. So, you know what's something I struggle with? What? Remembering that the Titanic was an actual event that happened cuz to me it's just the movie, you know? And then it makes it like so much more sadder when you realize and for me watching um Downton Abbey when like the first season is like about the Titanic because they spoiler alert it's lost in the their first cousin it's in the first episode the first episode um I'm like oh my god yeah this was like a real a historical event not just an Oscar winning film yeah no the book that I read about it called the Ship of Dreams which really um I felt covered it from soup to nuts because at the end like it was a very you know finite amount of time it talks about like all the different people working on it you know all the food that they ate every night leading up to it like the menu like all of this stuff like so it really was a a one-stop shop for titanic information and also a lot of the people who um died and like what what they were about and who they were and and how it sort of like changed the course of history and such because there was you know some people that you would you would recognize their names now i believe right right Wow, okay, that actually is super interesting. I gotta get more into the Titanic. I would recommend, if, if you have any Titanic curiosity, scratch the itch uh, with the, the Ship of Dreams. You will feel, say, after that, I was like, I've got it. I'm good. The thing is, I'm reading The Hating Game right now, the the book that's being turned in, into a movie with Lucy Hale. Yeah. And I just don't think I can really do both. Like, not one after the other. I'm not that girl. You know what I've heard recently from, um, like, the Redheads Facebook group? What people are doing is they'll read, like, two books at the same time one like totally like fiction hating game like boy meets girl and one completely different like a non-fiction ship of dreams and you'll never get the two confused that's actually true because the fact that I read like all the same types of books I never know like if you tell me a book that I've read I'll be like which one's up yeah you could is it about the, the girl is it about the girl who finds out her dad is actually her her mom or is it about the girl who jumps off the yacht. You couldn't read like Colleen Hoover and Christina Lauren at the same time. Right. They're literally the same. Right. But if you did have like, if you had one nonfiction book going and one fiction book going, I actually think that's a pretty cool idea because sometimes you're in the mood for something different. Yeah. So think about it. Okay. Um, is that the, was that the fifth? That was the fifth and final story. I feel as though you needed to know it. I guess justice for Cyril Evans. Hopefully his family can have some peace. Um, but still, Titanic. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, well, let's dive into the TV recap because I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about. And that TV recap segment is brought to you by BetterHelp. So today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show. And this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy. But that's totally untrue. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse. And it, and it can also help you avoid those lows. A lot of people... Also think therapies for so-called crazy people. But therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we all need to learn to control them and not avoid them. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat 
sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to because like that could be awkward it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used better help online the podcast um the morning toast obviously has a great offer for you guys so you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash toast that's betterhelp b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p dot com slash toast um, okay, TV recap. The first thing I want to talk about is with you is Ted Lasso because I did start it. To be honest, I had no idea what it was about. And then when you were just basically telling me it's like this feel-good Disney Channel show, I was like, you know what? I could use that. And from the minute I started watching it, like I totally understood the appeal. It really is like nothing bad happens. Like it's just really sweet. And sometimes I hate shows where like the protagonist is like so happy and kind that they're like stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Ted is not stupid. He's actually extremely clever and clug, but he is very kind and Southern. And sometimes I feel like they equate that with being stupid. No, like he's you not. You could be smart and nice. Yeah. No, he is very, um, he's just optimistic. And also, as you get deeper into the show, you'll realize that he definitely has some demons. You know, no one is just like mm. so one dimensional like that. So yeah. there's more to Ted than meets the eye. But I agree. It's like he he just answers every question with positivity, but it's not stupidity. Right. And some of the shit he says is incredibly powerful. Like he said two things. I watched only four episodes and there were two things that really stuck with me. What's the happiest um, animal on earth? The goldfish. A goldfish because he has a 10 second memory. Like, oh my God, genius. The other thing he said, they say youth is wasted on the young. And then he was like, don't waste your wisdom on your something hold on i want to say it because it was actually really ted lasso youth wasted on the young i was like shook by it oh here you know how they say that youth is wasted on the young well i say don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you Mm. stunning stunning um, and the other thing I like about the show is, like, there's so many good characters. Like, obviously Ted, but Nate, the, um, I don't know what he is, like, the man, like, the locker room he, He's like the water boy. Oh, my God. I literally die for him. And, like, when Ted bought him a suit for the benefit, I was, like, going to cry. This is so cute. Like, he's such a great, like, extra character. Um, and I just love the show. And, like, now what's annoying is that I started it with Ben. So, like, I will be finishing it in a month because Ben, like, no, gets you have so to, late. No, you and- have to finish it by Monday. I'm sorry. That's what I told Ben. Yeah. No, tell him. Like, he, it's the weekend. It's a very short show. And we're going to need your opinions by Monday because, um, like, things weirdly, there's twists and turns. Well, I'm trying to see, like, is Ted, I know he has, like, this woman back home, but, like, we don't know anything about her. And it's like, is he going to get on with the team owner? Or maybe that guy's ex-girlfriend who, like, seems to take an interest in Ted. Keely. Keely. Oh, my God. And, like, Ted is just so cute. Like, he comes into the restaurant and the guy's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I rode in your taxi today. You told me that your family has a great Indian restaurant. Oh, my God. It was just, I like, it's really, like, a show. This is so me. Like, everyone's, like, watched Ted Lasso for literally two years. I'm like, no. Now I'm, like, gagging over it. So good. (laughs) I'm so glad that you gave it a chance that you're liking it. I was actually thinking you were going to come on here because the way that you were just talking about it, like, I watched Ted Lasso and I have things to say. Oh, really? I don't know. I thought thought maybe you were going to be like, this shit is so dumb. But um, I had all the same feelings as you. Sweet as sugar. You just absolutely need to finish it by Monday. That's all I'll say because – I promise. I just – it's it's an emotional – it's an emotional journey and roller coaster, and it's just a be- it's a beautiful show. And it, it, Does it get sad? I never felt sad. Okay. 
I never, but everyone, but the characters, like, it's nice because it's, you know, a very nice, pleasant show, but the characters aren't so one-dimensional. Like, you get to know them all better. Everyone has a story. Oh, and, like, in the first episode was Spratt from Downton Abbey, and I was quaking. Right, Spratt, and then later you'll see Lady Shackleton. I was looking for her, but I didn't see her yet. Yeah, um, Spratt is actually great in it. Yeah, he is. He's very funny. And he makes up for him being Spratt. And the writing is just really clever. Like, mm-hmm. so many funny jokes. Just really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And I like the soccer element, too. Me, too. I don't know much about football, but it's exciting. It is exciting. So, okay, I'm so glad that you you are on this journey. Um, And then I want to talk to you about Sex and the City. Oh. And just like that. And just like that. So I watched the, the most recent two episodes, and I've... I really do like the show. I just want to say, like, I do like it, but I'm going to be extremely critical of it. Because in a lot of ways, we know these women, like, before the show. Like, we know them really well. And so it's hard for me to believe that some of them have turned into the women that they are now. It's just, like, not believable. For me, I think the most accurate – I actually think Carrie and Charlotte are both perfectly – representing how I think they would turn out. Like, Carrie has not changed at all. Like, she's exactly who she was. Unfortunately. And I believe that's, unfortunately, but I do believe that's how she would have grown up. Right. Charlotte is literally like a Karen. Like, she is, like, learning about, like, new age feminism. And, like, Carrie, you're mansplaining me. Like, it's just so cringy. She's, like, using these words that she's obviously read, like, from the New York Times and, like, trying to apply it to her daily life. And it's just, like, so moronic. And I actually can see that's how she turned out because she was, like, very buttoned up. And then, like, her friends brought out, like, her wild side and her more, like, I just, I could see that happening for her. Mm-hmm. What I don't see happening is that this is what Miranda evolved into. And I'm not talking about her sexuality. I'm just talking about, like, her as a person. Like, she's kind of reckless and nuts when always she was, like, extremely type A organized. And people like that, like, do not change. Like, if you're type A, you are always type A. If you're organized, you're always organized. Like, that's who you are. In what sense, though, like... Would you say that she was type A and in what's, and how is she behaving now? Well, that was like her whole thing. Like in the original show, she's like extremely cynical, very realistic, like got her job, went to law school, Yale, Harvard, bought her own apartment. Like she was always the one just like on track with like the things that she thought were important, career, apartment, boyfriend, baby, you know, like she did it. Yeah. I would have said and that like now- Charlotte was more type A than – um Miranda like I don't I think that like Miranda was very driven ambitious and hardworking, but like in her per- like you know when we would see her in her like home scene she was always just like eating takeout over the sink that's true but I think like during the original show like Charlotte to start versus Charlotte at the end like she had character growth like she wasn't that like crazy buttoned up like yes she was still very Park Avenue but she was like embracing new yeah. Newness. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like, Miranda was still the same stubborn bitch she always was. And yeah. that's why we loved her. Yeah, but also because like life threw Charlotte some curveballs and she had to adjust. Yeah. Also threw Miranda curveballs. Okay. So I'm just having a hard time like understanding like that this is what uh, Miranda grew up into. But beyond that, another character who's like somehow I'm just not not who I thought he was gonna be when he grew up is Steve. He's like this, like, idiot. Like, they treat him like he's, like, brain dead. He's just deaf. Like, he's partially deaf in one ear, and they act like he can't do anything, and that he's senile, like, because he likes to watch TV. Like, it's just like the Steve that we knew was, like, such a go-getter hustler, like, for Miranda, for Brady, a family man. Like, 
this is not not it. What? That's not the Steve I know. What do you mean? He was just like extremely like simple. No, he was always like go doing get the her most, hustler like, opening, his own ba- opening his own bar. I don't know. Like from the you have to think about the character growth. Like yes, when we met him, he was like a, a bartender with like not a lot of ambition and just kind of like stagnant in his life. And Miranda definitely brought out. And by the time they actually got together, he was like a business owner. Like he was hustling. Yes, hustle. But that I don't. That's not how I see Especially him. Especially hustling you tell, for Miranda. You telling me that he's spending his time on the couch watching TV like tracks. Okay, maybe not the TV thing, but just, like, complacent in his relationship with Miranda. Like, who doesn't even want to have sex with her anymore. Like, that's not... They're still together? How it turned out, in my opinion. Well, so, I'm so glad you asked. Spoiler alert, turn off if the episode's over after this. So, if you haven't watched, go. Miranda is in love with Che. You, did I tell you about Che? Yes. Or if you haven't, then I've, I've seen it, like, on headlines and stuff. Yeah. So they're, like, having a relationship, and Che believes that it's because Miranda's in an open marriage, and then Miranda's like, no, like, I'm not. And Che's like, I'm not, like, doing this with you. Like, I'm not going to be, like, some secret. So Miranda had to really weigh, like, what am I going to do? And Miranda's like, their time is moving very fast. Miranda is in love with Che. So she tells Steve she wants a divorce. She's met someone else. He says, I want you to be happy. It's actually really, like, lovely. And she's so excited. And so she's on the phone with Carrie, and she's like, I'm heading to the airport. Carrie's like, why? She's like, well, Che's in Cleveland, and I told her I was going to leave Steve, and I did it, and I want to go surprise her. And then the episode ends. So obviously she goes to Cleveland, and Che is, like, fucking some girl in, in her dressing room. Like, obviously. that's obviously what happened. So yeah. <clears throat> then it's like, where does Miranda go from here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Carrie, I actually like what they did with Carrie, because they, they let a few months roll by so we didn't have to, like, see her in her, like, deepest grief. grief. And she wrote a book. Like, loved and lost. Her uh, publishers loved it. Like, she's getting back to work being a writer. Like, back to her OG stuff. She's back to living in her brownstone. But there's, like, this cool young jewelry designer who lives beneath her. And, like, Carrie wants to be, like, her friend. It's it's actually getting it's getting much better. Like, the show at first was, I think, just extremely shocking. Especially in the way that they uh, talk about their age. Like, they talk about their age like they're 95 when they're 55. <laughs> Have you and it's seen? Just frustrating. Have you seen that? Like the age of the just like that ladies, they're yes. the same age as the Golden Girls. Well, yes, but it just doesn't feel that way. No, but I think it's also just a um, a sign of you know how our like our, we think about women of a certain age has changed in a positive way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Because to me, they're all have much life to live. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's great. They're really putting emphasis on, on some of the new characters because, of course, like Sanford is gone and um, Samantha. So Seema, who is um, Carrie's real estate agent who helped her sell the apartment with Big, it was just like this really cool, rich, chic Indian woman who's never been married and like she's becoming a part of the crew. She comes to lunch sometimes. And then there's LDW, who is another mom at Charlotte School who's like this incredibly cool woman. Her and her husband are just like elite and all Charlotte wants to do is be her friend. Um, and they're really connecting. And so she's obviously going to become like a ro- – they have rotating fourths. Oh, that's cool. And hopefully – Yeah, it's really not bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I've surprised myself by how much I look forward to the episodes when at first I was extremely critical. But you know what? I just love the gals. I do. I love the gals. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. I like and just like that. 
Wow. I like it. Good. You should. You're spending your time watching it. I hope Olivia Ashray listens to this episode because, like, she watches every episode and she's like, turns it off. She's like, this show sucks. I'm like, well, why are you still watching it? I know she likes it too. It's okay, you guys. We can say we like it. Okay. You like it. I'm glad that you do. You should only watch television that you like, and that sparks joy. Otherwise, it's a complete waste of time. 100%. Don't let them fuck it. Go hard till the end, cause you know that we are. All right, my song is out, you guys. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all the places. Please stream it, purchase it, support independent artists. That's what I am. I'm an independent artist. I would really appreciate any purchases of the song, any streams of the song. And just, like, honestly enjoy it. It's really the, the GNO anthem is what people are saying. It's, like, for girls' night, going on a bachelorette party, out to dinner. It's a perfect pregame song. Add it to your playlists. I hope you like it. And if you're coming to one of my shows... I suggest you learn it because it's going to be an integral part of the show and like you don't want to be left out. So the lyrics are online. Learn them. Love you guys. Anything else you want to say, Jackie, before we wrap up for the week? No, just have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash morning toast if you want more content. I don't know if you're taking a road trip or something. Um, we're always here for you. Always. That's all she Thank wrote. you guys so much for listening to the morning toast. The Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We need subscribers. Come on. We're also available as a podcast <laughs> and where podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing, amazing day. Morning Toast Instagram update. We are still not back. We are still working on it, and we are still hopeful. Have a great day, everyone. It's Morning we'll Toast. on Monday. We're unplugged. Morning Toast unplugged. You know what? It's kind of nice. Yeah, everyone should take a little break from tech, but don't take a break from listening to this podcast. It's good for your, it's good for the soul. Love you guys. Love you. Bye.